What's up, guys? Welcome to the Emetophobia Podcast. Uh, it's your homie Casey here. I just wanted to uh, bring you this episode today. I'm going to talk about cannabis, alcohol, and emetophobia and how it all kind of works together and uh, how it can really not help you that well as well. So <clears throat> when I uh, first started realizing I had emetophobia, um, that back when like the whole first like initial trigger switched in my head and everything. Um, I was a heavy cannabis user. I was smoking daily. I was drinking all the time. I mean, I was doing other things as well. And, uh, I just was not a very healthy person to begin with. And then when emetophobia hit me, uh, it it made it so I really couldn't smoke weed. And I know a lot of people have that problem as well, uh, where they get anxious when they smoke or they get sick or nauseous. And that's exactly what I had as well. So same with the alcohol, the alcohol just made it so much worse. So for about I was probably like three years or so. I just didn't smoke at all. Um, I was super against it. I started vaping. I used a lot of nicotine, which is something I've had a problem with my whole life. I still, I still vape now and, and, uh, use nicotine on a regular basis. But back then with the, uh, with the cannabis, it, for some reason, every time I'd smoke, it'd give me this like helpless, I'm going to die, like panic attack feeling every single time I'd smoke. And it was just like the worst feeling ever. And it made something that I loved so much and that helped me my whole life. Uh, it made it such a negative thing in my life, uh, just all of a sudden. So, um, I just want to touch on that today and talk about, uh, I guess, kind of why it happens and, and what's going on with all that. So, um, I think the problem is when we get high on cannabis, I think emetophobia is a big control thing. You like to be in control of everything because you think that if you're in control of all the things that are going on around you, that you won't be sick. And that's just not the case. You can never be in control of everything. Things happen that are very unexpected that you can't control. Uh, that's something I've learned with my mindfulness to realize that there's a lot of things in life I can't control and that I need to be okay with that. And it's taken me a long time to get to this point, but I'm at a point now where I'm okay with not being in control. You know, it's it's okay to get in a car with somebody else and have them drive. It's okay to uh, be out in public at the restaurant and uh, have people that are eating around me. I just don't focus on that anymore. It's just something that you kind of condition yourself over time. And uh, uh, I've just kind of not really pushed those thoughts away, but I'm more comfortable with those thoughts. If I look over and see somebody that's like, you know, like that certain face that people make or like something where they just seem like they're not feeling very good. For me, it's like, that's not me. It's okay. It's okay that other people don't feel good. It's okay that uh, they may go into the bathroom and, and be sick. It's it's just okay. That's fine. That's not my problem. It's their problem. And I, I, I need to focus on myself and my happiness and be mindful of what's going on around me right now and not about what's going on with somebody else. Sorry, a little tangent there. But So yeah, when I would smoke though, it would just send me into this spiral of just like, oh my God, it was the worst feeling in the world. So what I did was I I started smoking very slowly. I would roll a little pinner joint and I'd smoke a couple hits off of it or something or a hit and just kind of feel how I felt. And some days it would be really bad and it would make me go into that same panic attack feeling again. But over time I started to kind of condition myself to realize that panic attacks are okay. I have anxiety really bad and there's not a lot I can do about my panic attacks sometimes. So instead of fighting them and running away from the panic attacks and going and hiding in my room, I try to focus my my energy and my attention on how I'm feeling right now. I look at, hey, how's my heartbeat? How's my stomach feel? How's my head feel? Like how how are my fingers feel? I just kind of go over like a little checklist in my whole all of my entire body and and make sure that like I'm mindful of everything that's going on. And then over time, it kind of helped me to accept it. And as I kept smoking, um, eventually I got to the point where I could smoke a lot more and I could smoke with people and things were getting better. I still have panic attacks every once in a while. If I changed strains or something and I had something new that I hadn't had in a long time, uh, that would kind of send me into another panic attack. But 
uh, for the most part, that's kind of why I started growing cannabis as well. It was something that uh, helped me with my depression and my anxiety because I had like something to take care of. It was like I get home from work and I had something to do. You know, it was like I had to go take care of the plants or else they would die. And it just made me feel like I was a lot more important. And also growing your own medicine, it really felt good to uh, you know have a purpose for something that I was doing, you know, because I get something out of it at the end and it's all worth it for me. Um, and as I kept smoking and, and uh, growing my own strains that I liked and the things that I, I like to smoke, um, things got a lot easier. Now I'm on probation. I can't smoke at all. Uh, I've noticed a huge difference though. And that's kind of what I want to touch on today with my metaphobia and my anxiety is uh, I'm a lot better at controlling my anxiety and my metaphobia and all my panic attacks and everything I have. Um, they're, they're very close to non-existent. And when I would smoke cannabis or drink alcohol, it would almost heighten my panic attack, like awareness. So I'd be like, fuck, I mean, my, my heart's starting to beat really fast. I can feel that, like, you know, uh, that weird, um, helpless feeling again. It just kind of comes back again sometimes. And, and I couldn't control it when I'm high. And that's the thing is the control when you're high, you're not in control of the high, the high is just going to be there regardless. You can't really make it go away right away. So then you kind of feel very helpless against it. And it feels like you're stuck in this situation for a while that you can't control. And that's kind of what gives me the panic attacks. I think same with the alcohol. If I drink alcohol, if I drink too many beers or something and I get a little bit nauseous or I didn't drink enough water that day or something. And I get that like little panic attack feeling like I'm, I'm going to be sick. Um, that really, really messes me up. And, um, I just, it's a control thing for me. It's a big time control thing. I can't be in control of how high I am sometimes or how drunk I am. And that's just kind of scary to me. So, um, this, this pot, this episode, I want to talk about just, I really want to tell you that maybe if you have a metaphobia and you're dealing with some anxiety problems, some people, yes, they have a really good time with cannabis. It really helps them out and it's a good thing. But for the most part, I think if you're really dealing with your anxiety, I think you should take care of your anxiety and your metaphobia before you start smoking again. Because for me, it's really caused nothing but problems. And I'm a huge cannabis enthusiast. I love cannabis. It's been something part of my life for a long time. I love growing weed. It's, it's awesome. But um, and we live in a legal state now, so I, I can actually do that legally and not be like super scared and paranoid all the time about it. So, uh, it, it's just, I think that cannabis, when you have a really bad anxiety disorder or you have OCD or anything like that, I really, I think sometimes it doesn't help you the way you think it's going to help you. It sounds like a good idea and it, it feels like it's going to help, but I've noticed over the years that it's really done nothing but make life a little more interesting. It makes like the time go by a little faster. It makes me a hell of a lot lazier than I, I should be. And now that I'm completely sober, I just do nicotine now. I just do the vape. So um, I've really noticed a huge difference in my anxiety. I can really handle the world a lot better. I'm not paranoid anymore because cannabis makes me very paranoid as well. So when I'd be driving a car and I'd be a little high, um, that would just kind of send me into a panic attack. And then you, you, again, you feel stuck. You feel like you're in a car. If you pull over on the side of the road, it's kind of creepy and weird. You don't really want to be on the side of the road and like having a panic attack. But my, my like, um, fix for that was I just kept going. I mean, I would think I'm going to make it to the next sign. I'm going to make it to the next sign. I'm going to make it to the next sign. I just keep doing that until I got to the place I was going to go. That's also how I deal with walking outside and going outside into the world is, um, I say, well, let's just make it to the car. Once I get in the car, I'll figure out what I'm going to do from there. And then once I get in the car, let's start the car. And okay, now it's started. Let's, uh, let's make it to the end of the road. And I just kind of do a baby steps like that because taking on too much at once can really, uh, uh, make the anxiety a lot worse and thinking about like all the stuff you're going to have to do versus just that one thing, just get that one little checklist checkbox off or checked off and then uh, move on to the next checkbox. And, uh, that's really helped me over the years, um, to get 
more comfortable with being outside and being in the world again and being around people. And, uh, I mean, there's still days where I have a hard time. Yeah. I mean, some days I'll get up, I'll go out in public and maybe somebody at the store will be sick and be coughing around me. And it just sends me into this, like, Oh my God, I'm so nervous. I feel like I'm going to get the fucking coronavirus or the flu or something. And it's just, I'm, my whole life's going to be over, but then I have to sit there and be mindful and say, it's okay. Like there is a chance I could get sick and that's okay. That's fine. That's just the world that we live in. I mean, there's nothing I can really do about that most of the time. It's just the way that uh, sicknesses and illnesses work. You, you just, uh, you catch things from people sometimes and there's not a lot you can do. So being accepting of things instead of running away from them is something that I would definitely preach. Um, and with alcohol too, I know, okay, here's a little story from last night. My girlfriend came home from the bar. Um, she was a little drunk. She went out and hung out with one of her friends and everything. And she called me and I could hear how drunk she was. And the last time she did that, she came home and it was like, I don't know, four, four to six hours of her just violently being sick in the bathroom, which was something that I am, have a really hard dealing with, a hard time dealing with still. So it really sent me into this like crazy paranoid, uh, panic attack. And we were living in a very small apartment at the time. So, I mean, I couldn't get away from her and it was like middle of winter. So I couldn't really go outside cause it was freezing cold. So I just kind of had to be there. And the way I dealt with it is I sat on the couch in the living room. And I I mean, I I love my girlfriend so much, but it is so difficult for me. And I know you guys understand what it's like to have to go help somebody who's being sick. I just can't do it yet. I want to, I really want to be in there for her and help her, but it's just so difficult for me because I have the worst panic attack ever when people are sick around me. So, um, I went out on the couch, I sat down. Um, at first I grabbed my phone out. And I sat there and started playing a game on my phone, which really didn't help me at all. And, and I realized that doing that kind of stuff, it helps at first, but in the long run, all you're doing still is you're running away from the problem. You're not dealing with it. So what I did was I sat there, I closed my eyes, I meditated. I, I mean, I'm still, mind you, I still have the noises going on in the background and I pra- practiced my mindfulness. I sat there and I said, you know, it's okay. She, it's alcohol. She doesn't have the flu. She's not sick from some disease. She's just being sick because she drank too much alcohol and that's okay. People do that sometimes. And I really just had to talk myself down out of my panic attack and it really did work. I still had the panic attack. It still happened. I mean, I, I couldn't sleep in the same bed as her that night. I had to go sleep on the couch. Um, I had to like plug my ears a lot and you know, it just, there's those certain things that we do with emetophobia, lots of mints. I mean, I go through fucking two packs of mints a day sometimes, depending on how bad the day is. And I have to drink, drink water. I eat some, uh, uh, tortilla chips or something. I have to just, there's certain little things that I do that kind of help me out. And it, but in the long run, those are also things that you're running away from the problem. And emetophobia is one of those things that the more you run away from it, the worse it's going to take over in your mind. So taking this back to cannabis and alcohol, um, cannabis and alcohol are a way for you to run away from your problems. They don't actually help the problem. They just mask it for a small amount of time, especially alcohol. I've noticed with my alcohol, if I drink Um, It makes the world go away, yes, but as soon as that's done with, I feel like shit, I have a headache, I'm dehydrated as fuck, I feel really nauseous, and it does not help me in the long run. It's all about the long run. It's not about what's happening right now. Um, It's okay to be mindful of what's happening right now, but to run away from your problems, uh, it just, it doesn't help you. It feels like it does at first, and I know it's difficult to deal with the problems that are going on around you, but when you run away from them, all you're doing is just masking it. It's always going to come back if you keep running away. So dealing with them head on. And that was another form of exposure therapy for me was that all happening that night. It really, it was traumatic. Yes. But at the same time, after it was all said and done, I felt so much more at ease and calm with it all. I said, you know, I actually made it through, you know, and 
at the end of everything that we have and all of these terrible experiences that we go through, to sit there at the end of it and say, hey, I lived, man. I'm fine. Like, I can go on another day. Nothing happened to me. I had a panic attack, which is okay. Some days are going to be harder than others. But at the same time, I made it through, and I'm okay, and I'm stronger now. I, I'm, I'm that one step closer to getting over my emetophobia because I now know that when somebody's sick around me with alcohol, I have a better way of dealing with it than I did before. And if we can just find those things that will help us uh, deal with the problem head on, except for running away from it instead of running away from it. Um, that's what we're trying to, to achieve here. And it's going to take a long time. And mind you, it's been eight years for me. So, and only in the last three years or so have I really started taking control of my emetophobia. And it took me three years to get to the point where I am now. Right now I'm sitting in a car outside of a school. I'm all by myself. I'm just hanging out outside. It feels good. I feel great. There's sun out. Sun's on my face. Uh, I'm just hanging out. It feels really good. I haven't had very much sleep because last night, obviously, oh, let me touch on that. Yeah. She came home last night. She was uh, very drunk. Um, And instead of running away from her and freaking out, I sat down and the first thing I said was, hey, before you, uh, you know, sit down and get comfortable, I want to tell you I have emetophobia. And she knows this, obviously, but I just have to say these things. I said, hey, I have emetophobia. I might have a panic attack and freak out. I'm going to really try not to run away from it. I'm going to deal with it head on. If you do feel like you're going to get sick, let me know. So I just know what's going on. I don't want to be sitting here normal and be calm and then have you get up and have to be sick. And I just, I'm not aware. I like to still be in control of things. Yes. So I also grabbed her two bottles of water. I grabbed her some pretzels. I sat her down. I said, you, you have to drink this bottle of water for me. If you love me, please drink this bottle of water. I need you to drink the whole thing. I know that's kind of pushy and like controlling, but at the same time, like, for my own self, uh, happiness and like, you know, putting me more at ease. I needed her to do that. And she did that for me. That was great. She drank the whole bottle of water and she was like super cool about it and was like, hell yeah, man, I got a whole bottle in. Like she's just, you know, happy as can be. And, uh, then she ate some pretzels and she took a shower and she came back out. And at that point she was uh, a little bit less drunk. She's a little more coherent. And I really didn't see any signs that she was going to be sick. And I just kind of had a good night. We sat there and we talked for a while. We did end up uh, getting in a little argument, but that's a totally other situation that we're dealing with relationship problems as well, uh, which everybody deals with. So everybody argues every once in a while. So it is what it is. But um, it, it came out to be a pretty good night. I didn't have to use a ton of mints. I only had like three mints left and I left them in the box. That's my new thing too. If you have mints or gum, I do a little game with myself. I just see how long I can go. See, just, just, even if it's only 10 minutes, see how long you can go without taking a mint or like, uh, putting a mint in your mouth or gum or anything or whatever your little uh, tick is that helps you with your emetophobia. Try to just eliminate that as much as possible. And I've gone days without mints before. I'm telling you it's possible. Um, there are days where yes, I'll get in the car. I'll feel nauseous or something. I'll just be like, I need a mint, man. Like I just need one. It will help me out. It's another form of running away from the problem, but it does help at the time. And I, I get where you're coming from there. And I do the same thing. So I, I'm not going to tell you not to do that, but at the same time, it is another coping mechanism that, um, it's not a bad thing, but at the same time, it is a form of running away from the problem. So the longer you can go without putting a mint in your mouth, do that. That's your new goal today. That's your new homework from this podcast is see how long you can go without having a mint or a piece of gum. That's the next goal. Um, so taking it back to the alcohol and the, the cannabis, uh, to, to sum everything up, I say, if you have a metaphobia or some extreme anxiety disorders, or OCD, I would say stick to mindfulness, uh, try to be as sober as possible. I mean, nicotine is another whole situation that I, I, I'll touch on in a different podcast. But um, right now, I would say I would suggest to drop the alcohol, drop the cannabis. If you're having more problems with your anxiety, that could be a cause of it. Because now that I'm sober, I feel so much better. I feel good in the morning. I don't sleep in anymore. I get right up out of bed. I go take a shower, get ready for work. I don't feel like I need to like get ready for my day anymore and like calm myself down. I'm already calm when I wake up. I don't have any 
uh, outside forces that are interfering with my mindset or my anxiety or anything. And it's been kind of a good thing, actually. So probation, it sucks, obviously, and I have to take drug tests and pay for those. And it's just not fun. But it's kind of a, a little bit of a blessing at the same time to realize that um, I can be sober and I can feel good. I can feel really good. Uh, I do miss cannabis. Don't get me wrong. I, I like medicating with cannabis. And when uh, the only reason I was is because I feel like I'm very close to uh, recovery from my, medico- my metaphobia uh, to the point where I feel like a normal human being again. And my mindset is a lot different than it was a couple years back when I, I had to quit smoking and stuff. So now that I've been smoking again, it has been helping me out um, in other ways, just health wise. I mean, I feel better when I smoke. I, just, I do definitely feel a lot better. It kind of makes the uh, the the nausea and uh, everything else go away, unlike it used to, because it used to make me more nauseous, and now it kind of helps me out with my nausea, and I think that's because I'm dealing with my anxiety in a way better way now, and practicing mindfulness and keeping your head on the straight and narrow and not uh, thinking about all those negative thoughts all the time, it really does help you out when you're smoking and uh, trying to medicate like that. I do have to say, kick the fucking alcohol. You don't need alcohol in your life. It's going to do nothing but cause problems for you. It's caused nothing but problems in my relationship. It's caused nothing but problems in my life. So I'm definitely done with alcohol for the rest of my life. At least I'm going to try my hardest to do that because alcohol can be very addicting and I get it. Like I understand and people kind of downplay it a little bit and be like, oh, just have one beer, you know, but I can't just have one beer. Once I have one beer, I'm now drunk. You know, I have a little bit of a buzz going on. It makes me want to have another beer and then another beer. And then I, I kind of forget about the emetophobia to the point where I get kind of sick and I'm like, shit, man, now the emetophobia is coming back and it's like, I'm full blown drunk at this point and I don't know how to handle it. And then I just become a mess and it's just not a healthy way to cope with your emetophobia. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it today. Uh, I'm going to make a couple of podcasts today. I'll release them over the next few days and uh, we'll have you guys some extra podcast episodes. Uh, New updates on the end of this podcast. There is a website I just created called uh, ametophobias.com. So you can go check that out. It kind of explains my story. It showcases the podcast, has my Instagram feed up there. And then uh, I'm going to put a bunch of resources on ametophobia help as well. Some different counselors, um, maybe some different... uh, uh, organizations or uh, companies that will help you out with your emetophobia and just maybe products. You know, I mean, maybe there's some some products that help us with emetophobia. I haven't really looked into it too much, but I like to give you as many resources as possible. Also share like some of their Instagrams, maybe some blogs that I, I, I read and, and articles and stuff. So uh, make sure to go check out the, the website. All the traffic definitely helps the website get up there in the rankings and we can get more people aware of emetophobia and, and help more people out. Also, the Instagram, The Emetophobia Podcast. DMs are always open on there. I'm always down to talk. Even if you speak a different language, you probably won't be listening to this podcast if you speak a different language. But if you know somebody who needs some help, I totally have Google Translate, and I've been using that to talk to people who are from different countries. And it works okay. It's a little bit uh, annoying sometimes when you either make the wrong sentence or they like, what did you just say? <laughs> so, I mean, Google Translate's not perfect. But for Spanish... And Italian, I've noticed it works really well, but for German, it doesn't work really that well at all. Sometimes it's really off and sometimes it's on. So, uh, But I, I can talk to whoever uh, from whatever country you're from with Google Translate. So there's that. And then there's also the Facebook group. Um, I believe now it's just called Emetophobia Community. So if you want to go check that out, you'll see uh, my name, Casey Vandermark, on there. Um, and that's my group if you want to go join that and get some more support and talk to some other people who have emetophobia. Um, I'm just here to help. You know, I don't want to make money out of this. I'm not trying to become rich or anything. I just like, 
I want to help people out who have had the same thing I've had because I never got the support I needed. I had to do this all on my own. And I just recently got health insurance and got a counselor. So it's been really helpful to have somebody who I can talk to who understands. And she specializes in emetophobia. So it's been really nice having to talk to somebody who doesn't tell me to just get over it. They say, well, that's okay. They kind of like um, justify it in a way, you know, and say, hey, you're going to have emetophobia regardless. You might as well uh, make a good time out of it instead of a bad time. And it, she's been really working towards my mindfulness and helping me out with all that. So uh, there's that. And there's also an email you can reach me at, at theemetophobiapodcast at gmail.com if you want to reach the podcast directly. Uh, any sort of advertising inquiries or if you want to uh, just reach out and talk to me, tell me your story. I'm also looking for people to come on the podcast. So if you have Zoom and you'd like to come on and tell your story and talk about your emetophobia, um, I know it's always good to talk about it. It's scary and it's it's kind of something that I was always afraid of talking about as well. But the more you talk about it and get it out into the world and... Uh, get it off your chest a little bit, the more you can, for one, help other people and for two, help yourself. So uh, that's the main goal at the end of the day is to get us all happy and uh, be back on track to being a normal human being again. Um, So all that being said, you're not alone. You're not crazy. You're just a normal person with emetophobia. You guys have a wonderful day and uh, make sure to drink your water today and try not to take your mints. See how long you can go without a mint today. All right. I love you guys. Thanks for all the support. Have a good one. Peace.